because you're going to have to go through a desert to get there, but he said he'll be with you. So what we really need so that the desert doesn't kill us is more of him. More of him. More of him. Because he's sustaining you in the test. He's giving you what you need. But if you want to feel better, you need more of him. If you want to have more confidence, more peace, more strength, you need more of him. That's the lesson. God has been saying this over and over. And, and this is the thing, is that I've heard real clearly that God has told some of you stuff direct, explicitly. He said, this is what I'm going to do for you. He said, this is what's going to happen. But because it don't look like it and feel like it right now, you start to wait. So he said, you need some more of him. How about You need some more of him. You need some. Don't let go of the dream. Don't let go of the promise. Don't forget what God has said to you. You just need some more of him. You know, God has determined to bless some of us. He's already said, I am going to bless you. I am going to bless you. This, it's not a maybe. It's not an if. It's not even a condition. I just decided that you are going to be blessed by me. Not because you named it and claimed it, but because I said to you, this is what I'm going to do. When God has told you something like that, it doesn't matter what it looked like. There's no Red Sea that can stand in between you. There's no desert that can stand in between you. There's no Egyptian army that can get you. No giants that can topple you. Nothing. When God has told you, I'm going to bless you. And he said, I'm going to bless you. And your seed. And your seed see. He said, I'm going to bless you. Nothing can stand in the way. Nothing. So, Father, we're just praying for just some more of you. Just some more of you, Lord. Just pour in some more of you. Pour in some more of you, oh God. Lord, we realize that's what we're missing. Because we'll go through what we go through. We'll get past what we need to get past. We just need some more of you, Lord. Just some more of you. We are determined to be the people that believe. We are determined to be the ones that actually make it over, God. We will accept what you said, Lord God. We will hold on to what you said, Lord. We will walk in what you said, Lord God. We will not die in the desert. The thing that God has placed in your heart, man, that you can't even get away from. Even when you're trying to make some other moves, God keep bringing you back to the thing that he placed in your heart. That you, I mean, 
You don't even, you, it wasn't your idea and you know it wasn't. God put this thing in your heart and you can't get away from it. He's determined to bless you. He's determined. He's going to bless you. You just need some more of him. So this desert can get some more water. Jesus. Jesus. What, what God has already done, don't forget that. Don't forget that. What God has already done, he's already done. Did he bring you out of Egypt? Did he bring you out of Egypt? Ha! 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 Woo! Look, look, some of y'all might have forgotten what it was like when you was in bondage. Did he bring you out of Egypt? Woo! Minister, we ain't who we used to be. That's this. And we can... We know it was a miracle. We know it was something that God did. Don't forget what he did already. Don't forget what he did already. When you're looking for what you want him to do, don't forget what he's done already. Woo! Yeah, the desert is hot. Yeah, it's dusty. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. But did you notice your shoes didn't wear out? And your clothes didn't wear out? Did, did you notice that, that every day your stomach was full? Did, did you notice? Did you notice that water came out of a rock? It, it came out of a rock. It didn't fall from the sky. Nobody brought you a bucket. The water came out of a rock. How do you think that happened? See, some of you forgot how thirsty you were and all of a sudden water came out of a rock. Some of you forgot that that water that you was drinking when you was that thirsty, you didn't go find it. You didn't dig for it. It came out of a rock. When the doctor didn't know what to do and you telling the doctor what to do, to save your own life. That was water coming out of a rock. <laughs> I don't have no medical degree. I'm over here trying to catch my breath. And I'm telling you how to be a doctor. That was wisdom that came from the Lord on high. That's what we call water out of a rock. But some of us, like the Israelites, we just forget we forget and next thing you know we grumbling and complaining grumbling and complaining grumbling and complaining we're not going to do that no more right I heard three amens I counted them it was, I heard three amens Grumbling, complaining can lead you to dying in the desert. I'm just saying. So it's in your best interest to stop grumbling and complaining. Because guess what? When you stop grumbling and complaining, then you can hear God. When you can hear God, you see where you can go. But we're going to get to that in a minute. We thank the Lord for another day. And we thank you, oh God, for loving us. 
for ministering to us, for teaching us already, oh God. Lord, you alone, you alone are God. And you alone are the one who has all the answers. So Lord, we just reach out to you now. And we ask for your help today, Lord. We ask for your guidance today. We ask for wisdom and knowledge and understanding today. Lord, so that your name will be glorified here on the earth. Lord, we, your people, bow before your throne. And we say, have your way, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord has been speaking all day, so I am going to cut this short because we have a little baby that we're dedicating to the Lord. So I'm going to give you just part two of what should have been one part. But that's where we're at. I want to stop for a moment to recognize that this is the anniversary of 9-11. And the people that lost their lives on that day because we live in a wicked world and we are fallen people. Now, there's many that just said that, oh, they attacked us because they don't like our way of life. Well, that might be true for some. But some had real reason to be angry. And I know that's not a popular thing because it's like, oh, you hate America. No, I don't hate America. Quiet as it's kept, I'm an American. (laughs) Now, for some people, it's like I had this debate with folk. I'm just giving you my opinion because I have the mic, so I'm going to give you my opinion. I'm African-American. It's like I have friends who are African-American. I am an American of African descent because I'm just as much as American as those that came over on the Mayflower. Because I want to know how many generations you got to put in before you can claim being American. The only ones that got more right than me are the Native Americans who was here before anybody else got here. So if they're not complaining, then I'm going to call myself an American of African descent. Since 9-11, the world took a shift and for a, a very real moment, the Christians started to see how the book of Revelation was starting to come into play. That when they started to put in these, uh, these controls and the idea of a national ID, the idea of putting up checkpoints between states, the idea of surveillance, the idea that the government can track anything they want. All they got to do is say that it's a threat to national security. And they can get all up in your business that don't have nothing to do with whatever they're looking for. But all they got to say is this. So those people that read their Bibles and understand, they look to the book of Revelation and realize that in the end, the government will have that kind of power. But from then until now, the pandemic just turned the fire up on that thinking. Now people want to mandate stuff. You have to do this and have to do the other thing. And now we can see that those that don't follow society's rules end up getting pushed to the side and there are penalties. Now I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, so don't think that's what I'm telling you. I'm, that's not what I'm telling you. Whether I believe in the vaccine or not, I'm talking about the model that's been set up in our world that 
When the government decide they want to shut things down, they will. When did the government decide that they're going to put mandates on people? They will. When they say that you are a. When they talk about this mark of the beast, then you can see how it could happen. Well, we need to make sure that we're keeping the country safe. We want to make sure that everyone is following the rules. So we're going to give you this chip in order for you to buy and sell. And if you don't, then you can be declared an enemy of the state. The model is there. So does that mean that, that the vaccine is the mark of the beast? Read your Bible. That, that question is not even worth answering if you read your Bible. It's ridiculous. But is that what's coming? Well, that's what the Bible says. But between then and now, we have to light the lamp. We cannot fall into the same darkness that everybody else has. We cannot walk in that same fear, the ugliness, the hatred, the hostility that everybody else has. Even those that are calling themselves children of God. Because things that I've heard people say that supposedly are Christians, it's like you could not have read the book. And you absolutely don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. Pastor, you judging that you better believe I am. I'm calling a direct distinction between hostility and hatred and being nasty to folk to not being a child of God. I'm standing up for what God says. No one has stood up for what God says better than Jesus. And when was he ever nasty and hostile? I know, I know some of you is like, remember when he turned over those tables in the the temple? I don't think he was mad. I think he was making a statement. Oh, y'all not going to do this here. Y'all not going to do this here. Get up out of here with them animals and stuff. This is my father's house and you will not use it this way. End of story. I don't think he was mad at all. He just cleaned up the house. (laughs) Sometimes the house needs some cleaning. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. So you got to light the lamp. Psalm 119, this is where our lesson has been taken from. I'm just going to read the scripture again so you have it in your ears. Reading from the message, Psalm 119, starting at verse 1. You're blessed when you stay on course, walk steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing His your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road he set. You, God, prescribe the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Then I'd never have any regrets. Oh, Ooh, I I can't preach on that right now. In comparing my life with your counsel, I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Don't ever walk off and leave me. And the focus of our lesson is on verse starts at verse 105. By your words, I can see where I'm going. 
They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I'm committed myself and I've never turned back from living your righteous order. Everything's falling apart on me, God. Put me together again with your word. Adorn me with your finest sayings, God. Teach me your holy rules. My life is as close as my own hands, but I don't forget what you have revealed. The wicked do their best to throw me off track, but I swerve and I don't swerve an inch from your course. I inherited your book on living. It's mine forever. What a gift and how happy it makes me. I concentrate on doing exactly what you say. I always have and always will. Now, it's like, oh, we have a baby dedication. What is lighting the lamp got to do with the baby dedication? How do those things work together? Well, this is even more pressure on the parents, the godparents, the grandparents, the family, everybody. Because you got to light the lamp for the baby. So when we're talking about we're going to dedicate the baby to the Lord, all of that talk, because it's like, oh, that's just tradition. You do that, get your little certificate, say my baby is covered by the blood. Now I'm good. (laughs) Oh, no, you got to light the lamp for that baby. You're making a dedication to the Lord saying that this child will be brought up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Well, you got to light the lamp so they'll know, because otherwise, you know, ooh. When you got parents that don't know what they're talking about. When your parents got their own version of Jesus and expect you to follow their own version of Jesus. But if you light the lamp and you teach them what the word said, not what your grandparents said, not what your pastor said, but what did the Bible actually say? That's how we keep them safe. So last week we talked about where's your lamp? Do you actually have one? What is it that you use to see in the dark? When things go black, what do you do? What do you reach for? And if you have a lamp, does it have light? When last time you checked the batteries, check the oil, reposition your solar panel. Or is it even nearby? Like where's my, where, where is that lamp? I thought I had one, but it don't seem like I have one now. So this week, let's start with hold your lamp in front of you. Now, your lamp should not be hidden. It shouldn't be in a box and it shouldn't be in a closet. Did you know that the only things you hide are the things you're ashamed of? You covering something up, you don't want nobody to see it. You know, some don't want to talk about the word because you don't really know the word. All you know is some churchy sayings. Let go and let God. Where's that found? God helps those that help themselves. Where's that found? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Woo. But those, that's the most scripture you know is the stuff you heard from somewhere, probably some comedian that was making fun of the word. But you don't hide the stuff that you know, that you're familiar with, and that you value. You don't hide those things. You show them off. You walk with them. You put them in a place of honor and respect. There's some people that hide the word 
because their fear of being ridiculed. One of, you, one of them crazy Jesus people? How can any rational, intelligent adult, especially those that are educated, believe those myths and ter- fairy tales? You believe that a man died and came out the grave three days? Like, really? You believe that? Oh, Tito. Son. Oh. Really? That's... You, you think that's what actually happened? And that whole Lazarus thing, he stood out the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. And some man just came hopping out the grave. You really believe that happened? Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad that you're that ignorant. Guess what? I'm that ignorant. You know why? Because there's something inside me that says that it's true. And then when you read all of the other stuff and you put all the stuff together, it's like now you're going to just pick and choose the parts out of it that you want to believe and the ones that you don't. See, I'm I'm intelligent. I may not be the smartest person in the room, but I'm most certainly not dumb. I've seen dumb and I'm not that. (laughs) But But I've looked at this and I've gone through it and it makes more sense than anything else to me. I've researched and I've asked the questions. I've challenged the hard things. And, you know, I've always told you, if you've never asked the hard questions, you don't have real faith. It's only when you ask the hard questions and get an answer. That's where real faith is born. Because if you still just go, well, because, well, my, my daddy said that. No, what do you know? If you ask the hard questions and you realize that, wait a minute. This actually makes more sense than anything else. This actually comes together more than anything else. And then you have a belief that there is an almighty God that can do whatever it is that he wants to do. Now, I didn't make that up. That's something that's burned in my heart. I know that there is a God that is sitting above all things. I know that there is a God that created all things. I know that there is a God that loves me and all of us as his children. I know that for a fact. Now, you can call me ignorant if you want to. I don't really care. How can you believe that? Because it's something that is burned in my heart and I can't not believe it. There was one day that the light came on and I realized that this this Jesus is the son of the living God, that he was sent from heaven to show us the way back to the father. And the person that this man is could not just be any regular man. The way he lived and the things that he did and the way that he taught, the things that he said, nothing could convince me that he was not someone more than just your regular guy. And and try this on for your smarty-arty self. He was a 33-year-old carpenter with a questionable beginning who died on a cross over 2,000 years ago. Why does anybody care? He, He should have been forgotten about a long time ago. He's just a poor dude whose daddy died, whose mama, they were like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what she was doing before she married that guy. And we still talking about him and he's still changing lives. And there's something about the name of Jesus that changes the very atmosphere of every room where his name is mentioned. Why do we care? He should have been forgotten about. You know how many people died on Roman crosses? Why would we care? Why are we still talking about this guy? 
Why? Because he is the son of the living God. Ha! And when he died on the cross, he opened the door for us to walk into the very presence of God and become his children. That's why we keep talking about him. But when you don't know that stuff, you let people saying that you silly make a difference. You don't have to believe me. Okay. Because <laughs> I tell you what, me being wrong don't cost me nothing. If, if, if when all of this is said and done, if there is no God, there is no heaven. Jesus was just the guy that died on the cross over 2000 years ago. It cost me nothing to believe that. Oh, but what about all the stuff you can't do? Trust me. I don't need to do the stuff I can't do. And when I look around, don't nobody else need to do that stuff. <laughs> Because <laughs> everything that the Lord says not to do is inherently bad for you and the community. Right. Right. Um, ooh, I'm, I'm out of time, but I got to say this. <laughs> we was watching this show. And these two fellas was getting into some complicated relationships within their community. And both of them started saying that, well, it's messy. I said, that's what I've been saying. Somebody finally figured out one man, one woman, and that's it is clean. <laughs> that straight line. This one, this one, this it. A baby in between, and then we know where everything goes right there. Once you start doing this, it's messy. <laughs> so I can't do it's like you probably shouldn't. It's a good chance that whatever it is that you want to do that the Bible said don't do at the end of that road, it's going to be messy. So it costs nothing. Don't hide. Don't run from it. Don't be ashamed of it. The word of God matters and it makes a difference. Also, the word should not be obstructed. It should not be colored by filters. You know, I, I learned something about this filter business. You, you, you know that what a person look like in person, that if you see them online, that don't have to be what they look like at all. Once they start photoshopping and filtering and stuff like that, it's like, who is that? Who is who? There was somebody I knew for like 25 years and I saw a picture of him like, who is that? That's not what they look like. And I just saw them a couple of months ago. It's like, that's really not what they look like. But when you start putting filters on stuff, then you're like, what? What? Is, what? what is that? What? That, what? <laughs> so when you when you, <clears throat> the word of God should not have filters on it. So by the time you filter it, it don't it's not saying none of what you're saying it's saying because you don't put a filter on it. Your politics, you put a filter on it. So now all of a sudden Jesus is supporting violence. 
Mm-mm. That's, that's not what he said. Your patriotism. So now you got to everything you want to do. You got to find some portion of scripture to support the thing that you want to do because your country is great. And it's got to be great. And you got to find biblical reason for it to be great. So you cut and paste some pieces of scripture, place it on your patriotism and say, this is what God says. This is the way it has to be because that's the way God wants it. We got to light the lamp and we cannot filter what's coming out of our lamps and especially not with our personal preferences. You know me, I've been talking about the top 10 sin list forever. When I'm filtering the light that's coming out, it's filtered by what I determine is important. If you do this sin, oh, and this sin, oh, and this sin, oh, oh, oh. this one, that's like number 11 on the list. So, you know, if you do that one, Nobody cares too much about that. That's not lighting the lamp. The word of God says what the word of God says. It does not matter about your own particular preferences, the things that matter. You know what I've seen a lot? Uh, People get hard approaches about stuff until it's somebody that they love. Then all of a sudden they're looking for grace and compassion. When it's not someone they love, it's condemnation and you need to stop because God hates it. But then if it's somebody you love, then it's like, well, God's not finished with them yet. You know, God is still working on their heart. They just need to be delivered. But everybody else was going to hell. This person just need to be delivered. I see. Oh, I see. Because you love them. So they get a pass. Or we find the softer side of what Jesus got to say for them. Just for them. Just for them. Oh, help us, Lord. Oh, let me stop now. But I'm going to stop with this point. And your, your lamp should not be put down. It shouldn't be left behind and easily walked away from. Remember when that whole, you better be glad I'm saved thing was? Remember, Remember people used to say that. You better be glad I'm saved. I'm like, you better be glad you saved. <laughs> <laughs> they better be glad you saved. You better be glad you saved. Oh, I got, you know, I got to put my, um, my Christian Bible down right now, you know, turn into somebody else and then pick it back up later. Huh? 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 Oh, I see. I understand. So you only keep it when it's convenient. You only hold it in front of you when it's convenient. When you need to make a point, you just put that down for a second. Now, I, I hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying this as a condemnation. I'm just com- condemnation. I'm trying to ask you to think about it. How many times have you actually put down what you knew about the word of God because it was inconvenient to hold it out in front of you at the moment? Because as I said last week, I could put it into this right now. All I got to do is just stop listening to what Jesus is telling me right now. (laughs) Put that down, handle my business, and then go back. And it's been this mistaken belief, and it's been really, really 
uh, really, really promoted by a particular religion is that, well, you could pretty much do what you want. You just got to go and repent later. So you could do it, but no, you got to repent, though. Don't forget to. Re- <laughs> Don't forget to repent. Now, I know you, you, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, but always remember to repent, though. do you know that there's always a consequence for the bad behavior there's a reason why the lord said not to do it it's not because he just i don't like it don't do it there's a reason why he said not to do it so doing it there will be a consequence so yes you should repent but don't think that means that you're gonna just get away with it oh 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 Oh, hold that lamp in front of you. Stop putting it down. Stop putting it behind you. And, and you know, really, and don't store it away. Don't store it away. Don't, don't, don't let it be a precious memento. No one of those things that you keep hidden somewhere, locked up. You know, like what Sister Marie taught you in Sunday school. What Sister G taught you in Sunday school. You just hold, oh, you remember she used to tell us this? Oh, she remember she used to tell us this? Oh, she taught us this. She showed us those little pictures about Jesus and the manger and all of that. And then that's the extent of your lamp. Just something that you, nice memories from way back when. Now, I'm not hating on Sunday school. Trust me. I remember Sister Bernice Rogers. She was the pastor's wife. And I was in the sunbeam class. And I still... And I still remember her in the back of the church and us all little kids sitting there, feet can't even touch the ground. And Sister Bernice Rogers is sitting in the back teaching the sunbeam class. I still remember that. Like the lamb. Hold it in front of you because that little baby is watching. (laughs) Bow your heads with me. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 We know that holding on to that lamp, holding it out in front of us, is not always a very simple thing to do because there's a lot of things trying to knock it out of your hands. There's a lot of things that's trying to tear it down. There's a lot of things trying to cover it up. But we have to make a point. We have to decide within ourselves that I am going to hold my lamp in front of me because I actually want to see where I'm going. I don't want to spend the rest of my life just going round and round and round and round and round. I want to see where I'm going. I want to make some progress towards a actual goal and not just wandering around waiting to see what's going to happen next. So I got to hold that lamp in front of me. I got to hold it in front of me. So, Father, we're coming to you. And we're asking you to help us, oh God. Give us the strength. Give us the courage. Lord, everything that we need to hold it in front of us. Lord, when the weight of this world comes down on us, help us to hold that lamp in front of us. Lord, we know that we can't do it in our own strength, that it is you working in us, Lord God, to help us to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, Father, we come to you now. We humble ourselves before you, and we say, pour out your spirit, Lord God. Lord, strengthen us now, Lord, as we hold the lamp in front of us, as we walk Walk the path that you've given us to walk. Lord, we need you. 
We acknowledge that need today, Lord God. We acknowledge that need today. Lord, and for no other reason, there's a generation that's coming behind us that's going to need to see some stuff from us. So, Lord, help us to walk right so we don't lead them wrong. Lord, we can't do it on our own, but we know that we can through you. And we thank you, Father. Amen.